thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us consider repentance. Now, repentance is a major theme throughout the entire record of Scripture. From the fall of Adam and Eve and their expulsion from the Garden of Eden, from Noah and his ark, the flooding of the world, from the call of Abraham and his mission to bring the people of the world to God, from the ministries of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, all called to preach to the Israelites, repent and return to the Lord God Almighty. And on to John the Baptist, to the voice crying out in the wilderness, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. This morning, we read a bit of the arrest of John the Baptist by King Herod, or we learn of his arrest, rather. And it's no little note that Jesus picks up John's banner as Scripture records. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues the ministry and mission of God Almighty. Continues that which has been preached since the cherubim took their station on the gates of the Garden of Eden. Fiery sword in hand. Jesus calls the world to repent through word and action. In every sermon preached, in every healing touch, in every meal shared, in his passion, death, resurrection, and ascension, Jesus constantly calls the world to repent. Now, repentance means many different things to many different people. To some of us, the word repent has been used as a club to beat and to injure. To others, repent is antiquated, not of any use in the modern vocabulary. To others, repent is a foreign word, removed from any sort of genuine or beneficial meaning in our modern world. To others still, repent is a foul and dirty word. The mission and ministry of God has not changed since the fall of Adam. God, through diverse and sundry agents, has continually called us, the world, to repentance. In our own time, in our own day, the ministry and mission of repentance is carried out no longer by prophets or by our Lord, but by the church, the people of God, living in the Spirit of God, we who are called to holiness and righteousness. So, since this is the mission and ministry to which we are all called, and to which we have all said we will give our lives, let us contemplate it. Now the word repentance itself, as used by John the Baptist, as used by Christ our Lord, is the word metania. That's a Greek word. You can go to cocktail parties and tell people another Greek word you've learned. Metanoia literally means to change one's mind. To change one's mind for the better. So in most usages, repentance involves... With it, a turning with sorrow from sin to God. That is to say, repentance is the process of turning away 
from things that destroy soul and body, that harm soul and body, to God who heals soul and body, to God who is love and goodness. So the mission of the church is to turn the world away from things that destroy and hurt, turn them to God, turn them to God who is love and mercy and life and health and holds. Now probably the best place to look at the process of repentance, of turning to God, is in our liturgy of baptism. And this being the season of Jesus' baptism by John in the River Jordan, it's helpful to look again at our liturgy. In baptism, there is a cleansing. There is a turning in the truest sense of the word. We are cleansed of original ancestral sin. We go down into the waters of baptism and die with Christ, and we rise anew to eternal life. We are given the gift of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us and gives us the things of God, grace. We are given eternal life and love and mercy and peace and joy. When we are baptized, we formally go through the process of repentance and amendment of life and the liturgy itself. We formally and publicly go through the process of changing our minds for the better. <coughs> now, when looking at the liturgy of baptism, the liturgy proper begins with a scary thing, an exorcism. Now it's called an exorcism not because we're possessed, but because we're subject to the powers of death and to Satan, the prince of darkness and death. So if we look at the exorcism in the Book of Common Prayer itself, the priest asks several questions. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do you renounce all sinful desire to draw you from the love of God? Now, so note that these things are identified, named, and publicly and formally renounced. And in that, these things are cast off, cast out, and cease to have control over us. Since the beginning of the liturgy of baptism, these questions, these renunciations, were made facing westward, away from the altar, away from the direction our Lord Christ is supposed to return. These questions were asked facing the world, and darkness, and the realm which evil resides. Now after the pronunciations of Satan and the forces of evil and temptations to evil, the candidates literally turn from west to east, turn away from those things of darkness, turn toward the light, towards Jesus. Now after they turn and the priest moved near the baptismal font, the examination continued. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as Savior? Do you put your whole trust in his grace and his love? Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? Turning toward the coming Lord, toward the altar, toward the rising sun, the candidates publicly and solemnly accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Publicly, solemnly proclaimed their trust in Christ's grace and love and in no other. The answers to those questions concluded what was called the exorcism. Now, while admittedly this exorcism lacks a sort of wow factor, there's no head spinning, levitating, or green slime, that part of the ancient liturgy was and is one of the most powerful, meaningful things we do as a church. We turn from death to life. We turn away from death, both spiritually and physically, towards life and mercy and love and forgiveness.
forgiveness. It is a powerful, moving moment that no special effect will ever trump. That is repentance. Turning from death and evil, turning towards God. Turning towards the goodness and mercy and love of God and away from death to life. Repentance is turning from an individual life where one is concerned only with self to a life in Christ, a life lived in community, to a life lived as part of the body of Christ. This, beloved, is our mission. This is our calling. This is our purpose in the world. We are called to proclaim that which has been proclaimed since the beginning of time. Repent and return to the Lord. Repent of evil and death and turn to life, to love, to goodness. So this morning, brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, let us rejoice in our repentance. Let us rejoice in our salvation. Let us give thanks that we have turned from death to life. Let us give thanks that we were able to. And let us commit ourselves to holding one another up. Let us commit ourselves to the mission of the church. Let us commit ourselves to showing the world the life and the love and the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let us commit ourselves to showing the world the blessings and the mercies that are to be found in turning to the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.